welcome to this very special live episode of BYOB. Bring your own books, booze, boys, buddies, whatever starts with B you want to bring with you. My name is Nola Nash. She is Laura Kemp, and she is Sarah Yost. Hi. Hello. Hello. We Most are welcome. So glad. glad to be glad you here. here. Thank you so much for joining us. And we are talking about your new book, Five First Chances, which is really good. I was reading it and I'm not through with it, which is good because I won't spoil anything for anybody, but you know, about halfway through it now and really enjoying this. Um, it is an interesting take on. Um, um, having more than one chance at love and maybe not always, um, maybe the outcome's not always, or the journey isn't always the one you planned, which is kind of fun. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Right. So I am Sarah Yost. I am a Swiss national. So I was born in Switzerland and I lived there uh, until I was about 24, 25. Um, at which point I moved to the UK. So um, I wanted to learn English. My first language is French. Um, and as you do, I just thought, why not just, you know, upend my whole life and just move to a different country and learn English? That's what I did. That's what we I did. Was, yeah. So I ended up in a school being a French assistant just for one year. And then, then I trained to be a teacher and kind of one year turns into two and, and, and three, four, etc. So I've been there for 15 years now. <laughs> for a long time. Um, it's a long time. I, yeah, and I, you know, met a boy, married him as well, got a house, got a dog, and, and that's it. I'm kind of settled. Um, yeah, I always loved writing, so I wrote as a teenager in French to start with, um, and then when I moved to the UK, it took me a few years to learn English, um, and eventually I kind of just wanted to have a go at writing novels in, in my new language. So I had a go, wrote a couple of really terrible ones, really awful that nobody is ever going to see. We all have those as novels in our <laughs> yes. No, we just don't want it. We, we have those. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that secret folder on your computer. That you exactly. You touch. So, yeah. Um, and uh, eventually the third novel turned into what is now Five First chances so yeah that just came out last week in the u.s oh that's it is wonderful and much high yep reading in a different language is one thing writing in a different language is something entirely especially writing something that that you've put out there for other people to read and honestly i mean i i know i knew the background your a little bit of your background when i read it but had I not known that you were writing in your second language, I wouldn't have guessed that because there's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's flawless. I mean, wow, that was I mean, job well done. <laughs> I mean, thank you for saying that. I mean, obviously, there's, as, as you both know, there's a lot of editing that's gone into the, the final product. Um, but yeah, I think that the beauty of doing this in a second language is that I felt there was no pressure, no expectations. I didn't kind of need to prove myself to anyone. Uh, and I was just doing it kind of secretly for myself to begin with. Um, and it took me years to kind of have the confidence to show it to, to people. But um, once the positive feedback starts coming, it kind of just makes you want to keep getting better at it and then to learn further. So, yeah, that was a, a great Did experience. Did feel kind of like off the hook because you were writing in maybe a, in your second language and maybe you were free to be a little more 
Yeah. yeah I'm not as worried about what was, that's interesting. I think so. And I think it really allowed me to think, you know, strip everything back and just think mm -hmm. about what I really love reading. And mm -hmm. to find out that I loved reading more commercially that maybe I had allowed myself to in, in French, you know, I was kind of, I studied French at uni and I kind of ended up reading a lot of Victor Hugo and all those kind of oh 19th century classics <laughs> yeah. thinking about what it Heavy means stuff. to be like. Yeah. yeah. 2000 pages. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Les Mis, you know. know. thousand pages. I know. Massive. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that, that really helped me to think, what do I actually really want to pick up for myself when nobody's looking, nobody's asking me what I'm reading and um, discovered just a wealth of literature that is equally as interesting and as deep mm -hmm. uh, but it really yeah allowed me to explore that and that's what I ended up writing I think. Now your main yeah. character in Five First Chances Lou mm. she has come from Switzerland she is a French teacher so clearly <laughs> there's a lot of in Louisa and she yeah. she's a lot of fun I love her she's just so socially awkward she's doubting herself <laughs> that she does the funny thing is that she just blurts out in the silence it's like oh my god no don't say that so yeah. is there is there a little bit I mean there's that part of it that that's perhaps a little biographical on your part how much of Louise is Sarah well I mean they they say kind of write what you know and I talked about my two novels in my in my drawers and I think those ones were the ones that I kind of wrote thinking about what I was supposed to be writing and trying to write as somebody else almost. And I think, you know, for this one, I'm just going to go back and just write what I want to mm -hmm. read, but also something that is a bit more authentic to me. Um, I mean, Louise isn't me. I think I kind of gave her my background because it came naturally to me. And I was quite interested in the, the feeling of displacement and awkwardness mm -hmm. that she feels being between two different places, two different languages. But, you know, I, I can't travel back in time, unfortunately. Sorry <laughs> for this closure. <laughs> it's not possible. Um, and I think she's probably just a kind of exacerbated side of myself, you know, that kind of awkward one, the, the side of, of maybe a lot of us who kind of lie down at night and think back of that one thing we said in, in 2008 that we, wish we hadn't said. And I think, you know, I've got that side to me and I just kind of brought it up to life in her <laughs> that's part of what makes her so relatable too and that you're rooting for her for things to work out if not this chance then hopefully the next chance you know and you know there's going to be five so you know yeah. and you as I'm reading the first one and now the second one and I'm going but this isn't going to work what's going to happen this is it we know this doesn't work <laughs> so it's kind of fun knowing that the first four not happening and then it's, so it's like then you kind of build up to that anticipation of the fifth one so you know there's another one coming and you just really hope that's the one of course I haven't finished it so I don't know maybe it doesn't ever work out for her but you know, exactly. trust. I hope that it does is that what kind was of that yearning like? for a reset? Oh, yeah. so it's kind of a, yeah. a twist on Groundhog's Day, a little bit like that. It they is. wake up and how are we going to make this day different? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, love how you just simply say, and we go back. I love it. It's, and mm -hmm. we go back. It's like, so all of a sudden, like, there's no mechanics in how this actually happens. You don't really know, like, what's causing her to go back. It's like, she gets mm -hmm. to this just emotional point where, ah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like, I mean, that, and now we're back. Exactly we're starting it. over again. Yeah, and she's very anxious. And, you know, I, I don't use the word anxiety lightly. I think she ge generally suffers from anxiety as a as a mental health condition that kind of gets her trapped in time. She's kind of petrified 
by regrets about the past and worries about the future and she kind of gets trapped in that in that place those kind of specific two years but for me that's exactly how I saw it it was a, a bit of an anxiety attack slash time seizure that when things bubble up too much they're just going to flow over and that's when she's sent back so yeah, there's no kind of mechanics of time travel there's no science mm -hmm. behind it it's more mm -hmm. like a cognitive thing happening for her well, so is it I love when she finds herself in that new spot the way that she has to figure it out it's almost like like the second time it happens she's more going wait a minute mm -hmm. <laughs> almost like she starts to i i know this place kind of recognize that person but not met them before like it, i love the build up as as this happens to her it's 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 an interesting thing to watch her find herself in that spot again because i always wondered how that happened to people you know if, if that was a possibility and you could go back in time do you go back with full recollection of everything that you did and like like groundhog day where he's kind of going i've done this before or you know for her it's kind of like eh, vaguely familiar <laughs> which i kind of like i like that she's got to sort it out you know, it's not like, yeah. like jumping in going, okay, here we go. Round two. Go. She has that yeah. moment of having to sort through it all. And I like that. Is it difficult to write? Um, I was just asking because Nolan and I have both written dual timeline um, books. So we've done time travel type stuff now. And I find it technically difficult to write a book about time travel because, as you know, everything that she does affects now the future or the past. Do you do you find it difficult technically to write that way? Did you find yourself keeping notes and keeping track of everything? Or was it more of that like organic experience that you were talking about before? Yeah, it was a bit of a mixture of both. I think what I really admire those books where, as you say, the, the kind of future affects the past and then things have changed when you go back. I mean, I can't, I couldn't keep tracks of that. I don't think my brain works that way. So hence the kind of, the way that it came to me naturally was over a two years because again you don't have to do the same day and that would be a nightmare to kind of do the same day over and over again for me and make it you know keep it fresh and different I thought you know over two years she's got a bit more scope for kind of mistakes and learning and I kept the significant dates over the two years so that that gave me a bit of a structure to kind of play with a little bit and to think about what would be different this time around and the things that would be different came from the fact that she is approaching every time loop with a different mindset and I think that was quite interesting to explore but yeah to answer your question I had a massive spreadsheet <laughs> basically being like okay this time in this place this happens but then the next time it's different so um, definitely were a plotter yeah I had a planner we like to talk about that sometimes yeah I'm a terrible planner I kind of always want to plan and then I always end up not following the plan basically. Oh. <laughs> so you're me I have a general plan though. Yeah. I don't have a massive spreadsheet. Maybe I need one because <laughs> I go way off my own track <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I set it all out and then I go, I get about halfway now. We're going over here yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. Where's the fun, right? Yeah. You have to <laughs> you have to just kind of get, go with gotta the let story steer itself. About what the book's now, about? Did you get a synopsis about it? It's yes, kind well, of. I mean, yeah. I know what it is because I was reading it, but you should probably tell them. <laughs> okay, uh, that really difficult question that all writers kind of dread. You know, yes. two years, yeah, three years, four years writing, <laughs> and then 
Okay, so uh, Five First Chances is a, a time loop love story that is uh, about romantic love, but love in all its um, forms and, and sizes and shapes as well. Um, and it's about Lou, as we said, Louise, who is a Swiss expat living in the UK. Um, it starts at a funeral of a friend of a friend and she's feeling really kind of disconnected. She doesn't really know that person. She's kind of... Um, you know, estranged from her one friend that she made in the UK, feeling like her life is going nowhere, regretting um, missing a chance that she had to potentially go get back with the next back in Switzerland. And then at her lowest, she has a time seizure that sends her back in time. And then she finds herself two years ago with very, very vague deja vu and the opportunity to change her life. Mm -hmm. So I would say that is the, the synopsis for you. <laughs> Oh, and that's a very wouldn't we all like to go like back it. and change our lives if we could absolutely i don't know we've got we've got some viewers popping on i just want to remind them we are live so if you've got comments and questions for sarah that you want to post for us just post them in the comments and as i see them um i'll try to pop those in and we'll um we'll get some of those on the screen so um you know I know that y'all aren't used to us doing those live comments anymore. So putting that reminder out there if you've got something you want to say. Add everybody back into the live. I know we've got to get everyone back into the routine of asking the questions. We know, we're all teachers. We know how that is, right? Yeah. Yes. Transition the kids. So sorry. Restate the instructions. <laughs> all the time. Now, Sarah, you grew up around Lake Geneva. Mm -hmm. around Montreux, correct? Yeah, correct. I have been to Montreux, which was yeah. like, when I was like, oh my gosh. So and cool. I, not long before I found out we were going to be interviewing you, I had, some conversation had come up about some time that I had been to Europe and about, about Chillon, about the castle. Oh, the and castle, was, of course. Oh, Every school trip well, I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> Every school trip and every tourist to that part of Switzerland is going to yeah. go to Chateau de Chillon. And it is a remarkable place. It is really neat. And of course, coming from the United States where we don't have anything that old, you know, we do like to explore the castles and get a little geeky about, oh my gosh, this is so old. Um, but some of yeah. my favorite, favorite times in Switzerland, and we went to, I went to both um, Montreux and um, Lucerne and loved them both. We were in the French side and then the German side, which was kind of a, an interesting switch to be in the same country and changing primary language. Mm -hmm. But everyone was so nice. And one of the things that I really loved, and you touched on her coming into England and noticing things like the fast food bags kind of on the side of the road and some of the kind of the, <laughs> the things that were more like urban, you know, big city kind of things. Mm -hmm. But one of the things about Switzerland, one of the reasons why I can imagine that you put that in there is it was spotless. Like there was not was a so dust cool. grain out of place mm -hmm. when we were there. It is one of the most pristinely beautiful, just naturally beautiful, mm -hmm. but also just so well kept. I mean, truly everyone there just yeah. really cares about their, their own environment, their own home, their own place. And yeah. It was spectacular. Do you miss that? Do you get to go back to that very often? I mean, I know you don't do the school trips to Xi'an anymore, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's, yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I went back um, a couple of weeks ago just to visit my family and that took my husband with me and he'd been there before, but we stayed in Lausanne. So by the Lake of Geneva, the kind of bigger city apart from Geneva there with my sister. And then the, in the morning, we kind of, 
were just walking from one place to the next. And my husband said, oh, has it been raining? Because the floor was completely wet. And I said, no, no, it hasn't been raining. It's just the cleaning. And you can see like, the guys just kind of coming and just sweeping everything and just cleaning, you know, 7 a.m. That's what you do. You're just going to keep the place, as you said, spotless. And I think it's something you don't really notice when you live there until you, you move abroad. somewhere else. Yeah, you know, exactly. And I mean, there are sides of England that I find, you know, harder, still harder to kind of get used to, you know, the the kind of, I don't know, the bad plumbing, <laughs> stuff like that. This is not it's, Come on. Um, yeah. And also, it's, you know, 800 years old. <laughs> it's really old, yeah. plumbing old buildings. Yeah, they're still there, the absolutely. same ones. <laughs> but it's also, there's, there's so many places that are really magical here. You know, I, I lived in Oxford for a year as well and kind of, oh, I don't know beautiful. if you've been, but that is just gorgeous. And everywhere you walk, it's kind of a, a postcard and you're like, wow, it's history. It's kind of all those great writers who, who live yes. there and, you know, drank a pint down the pub there and talked to their friends and made up their, you know, wrote Alice in Wonderland and all that kind of stuff. So it's just a, a country that is so full of that kind of creative energy as well that I really, and so full of possibilities. And, and that comes with a certain maybe messiness, but I think I'm okay with that. And the other side is the, yeah, the possibilities and the, and the dreams. I think that's great. Did it kind of inspire you to write being in the UK, being around? Yeah. I think it definitely did. And I started writing shortly after my year in Oxford. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would say it's kind of just knowing that, you know, in Switzerland, we've got about a million, a bit more than a million people speaking French. So you're kind of, yeah, the, the people could potentially pick up and read your book. It, it, the number is kind of tiny. So you, mm -hmm. the literature is great there and it's really good quality, um, but it's quite an intimate thing that doesn't really export mm -hmm. that well. So I think certainly... Mm -hmm here and being like I could actually submit to somebody in London and I could find an agent I mean yeah that never happens in Switzerland <laughs> and maybe get published and get distributed it, it was just suddenly everything was so open I think that really inspired me to just throw my hat in the ring and see what would happen and you picked such a universal subject I mean, and that's Sorry? that's the great thing, too. It's a universal subject. So you've got, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. I mean, whether it's Switzerland, the UK, over here in America, we've all experienced that sense of regret, that sense of wanting to go back and do it again. Mm -hmm. And the possibility of, of doing that and actually watching someone do those things, and would I get it right if I had another chance yeah and, and how you know you, you always think if i had one more chance to do it right what i would yeah. i'd get it i'd do it right this time i love yeah. the idea that we've got five <laughs> like nope because <laughs> <laughs> the more i read it the more like the when she got to the end of the first second chance and i was like oh see i totally probably would have done that i i would have screwed mm -hmm. that up <laughs> and i would be right back to regretting <laughs> it again so the fact that you picked something that uh, we all experience at some point mm -hmm. in our lives you know every every person and this is not just a male or female thing i mean your main character is female and but it we've all done it we've all mm -hmm. done it we've all had that moment that you know like you said laying up awake at night you know reliving reliving a moment from 1980 that in the shower going i cannot believe mm -hmm. i said that to that person yeah. you know all of that stuff <laughs> we, we just open I there that's what's so think. interesting. Would I get it right if I could do it yeah. again? And I think in those moments that you're saying that we're reliving the moment, it's almost like time travel, isn't it? You're kind mm -hmm. of literally feeling it physically is. like you're there. You're feeling the cringe and you're feeling mm -hmm. the sweat and all of that. So mm -hmm. I think I just you wanted to relive explore, 
that a little bit like that ability to what if it actually came true and that ability mm-hmm. to relive that to kind of think yourself into that moment our brains can do mm-hmm. such amazing things why not travel back i think time? it's interesting too because if she does change the past then it'll change who she is in the future mm-hmm. it'll change and i think that's is. yeah that's one of the main things i wanted to show in that book it's a it's a book i think hopefully with a very strong character arc and i think some yeah. some people have loved louise from the start but some people loved her more because they followed her through that journey from being a very flawed and kind of um, kind of scared and worried individuals struggling to connect and saying the wrong things to finding her place in the world and her mm-hmm. confidence and and through that being more open to other people and I think it's also about you know a lot of our regrets I think are mainly based on relationships isn't it it's kind of if I had yeah, you know sure. dealt with that person differently or showed up for him or her mm-hmm. or if I had kind of not said that thing or not made that decision so I think I wanted to show as well that she learns to notice the people who are there that she didn't notice at first and kind of learns to to show up for them as well. Yeah, sure and you I go forward too that she, she feels that, yeah, to be more present. And some of it too is, is actually owning her own feelings about things too, mm. because she also kind of learns, I don't have to go along with what other people choose for me because they are trying to be helpful. If it doesn't feel right to me, I don't need to do that, which is something she learns along the way. And it's something that we all kind of through our own experiences over time, hopefully we're, we're kind of growing into that as well. That, yeah. okay, trust your gut, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Something about this isn't right. Something about that person isn't right. What do we do with that when we feel that way is the other mm-hmm. thing. You know, mm-hmm. we don't always trust that we don't always act on it. Sometimes we feel that way, but we don't trust ourselves. We don't give ourselves enough credit. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very beginning of the book, that's exactly where she is. She may know that something's not right. She knows immediately after she says something truly dumb that, oh God, that was dumb. <laughs> you know, kind of wishing she could gobble the words back <laughs> up again. But she does. Um, oh, look, Lisa's here. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Lisa. Able to- we're live. Pop the comments up there. We have it. We're live. We have people. <laughs> the comments. We've had people kind of coming and going. I can watch the view count, but you know, Lisa got bold. Put the comment in there. Way to go, girl. <laughs> oh, bold. Go bold. Put the comments in. Good afternoon. But I, I love that she changes as she goes, and and I think we've we've all had those moments. And I think you're right. I think she is a different person each time. Mm-hmm. But and I, that's a really cool thing too, because. That moment, that idea of starting over again. What if you didn't change? I and mean, would anything? Would there ever be a way to fix it to, to do it the way that you wanted to yeah. do it? If you don't actually learn from the time before and are able to take it with you, so mm-hmm. I, I love giving her just that little bit of herself and that knowledge and that growth each time is is a lot of fun yeah. to watch her. And that's what you were talking about, about the gut feeling, isn't it? That's what she brings with her. She brings that gut feeling, that instinct that becomes mm-hmm. sharper and sharper and sharper throughout the, the time loops. So, yeah. It's interesting. I love that intentionality. Through, like, their different experience, just going through their lives in just a regular way. And she gets to experience it five different times. So mm-hmm. she should be, yeah, very sharpened by the end. Yeah, of her experiences, but it's it's kind of the same path that we all take as we go through life. We learn and we grow, and yeah. she just gets five chances to do it within the same time period. That's such an interesting concept. How how did you come up with with it? Maybe I love the two years. The yeah, the yeah. two years part. Yeah. I love that. Just using those same two years yeah. over and over again. 
So effectively, she lives about, you know, 10 years in the book. Um, mm -hmm. So that ends up in quite a lot of lucky wisdom in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think she's grown by 10 years effectively, but only two years in her actual kind of life, life years. Um, how I came up with the concept, I'm not really sure. I think it's funny because a lot of people are much more familiar than me with the concept of a kind of time loop romance. And I think a lot of people kind of bring their expectation of the, the genre and the trope to, to the book and uh, ask the questions, you know, why is she not able to remember it or why is it over two years and why is it so different? But I just didn't really think about it. I knew Groundhog Day. Um, I had read... <laughs> You know, some some kind of books playing on the trope a little bit about the future, like in five years, for example, um, but not really proper kind of time loop, time loop books. Um, so I just did it in the way that came naturally <laughs> to me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a panster thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah there you go. Like, that wasn't planned. You just thought, you just did yeah. it. And that's I just set up to write yeah. it. And I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if the, if the book started at a funeral? And that yeah. was the bit where she goes back. I do like that. that. And how awkward are we at funerals anyway? I mean, even if we know the person, oh. but you don't know what to say to people. You don't know what's going to sound stupid. Mm. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to make mm. somebody start crying again. You know, you want to make them feel better, but you don't know, you know, if I say anything at all, is that going to be worse? And you do second guess stuff. So for yeah. to establish right. her as kind of this outsider, social. this socially awkward, this not knowing what to say in the moment, mm. that was the perfect place to put her because we've, all felt that way. We've all yes. felt that way in that moment, especially if we've had to go yeah. to a funeral of a distant relative, someone we didn't know very well, mm -hmm. and we're just going to be supportive, but we don't know yeah. <laughs> like what to say. I've been there, <laughs> I've been there, and it is awkward, and I'm no good mm -hmm. at it. <laughs> but Laura and I have both written books that do not follow, you know, a genre rule by, mm -hmm. by any means, and we like to, to do our own thing with our books, and we talk about that all the time, that no one knows what shelf to put our books on because they don't follow any rules, <laughs> but we write what we want to write, you know, and mm -hmm. if we had sat and looked at, you know, the trope and kind of broke down, you know, this is what it should look like, especially since both of us have done time travel, and both of our time travel are very different. And so I don't know that there actually is, you know, you, you can't say that there's a, an only way to do it. We can't we can't all be outlander. You know, we're not going to all be those things. We're going to do our own thing. And it's the story that we want to tell. And I love that you were just like, I don't know, this is what I want to do. And it works. It totally works. That's what I tell my students when I give my book talk. I always say, write the story of your heart. Whatever that is, because they do, they worry about, can I write this? Can I write that? What should I do? I just write the story of your heart and it'll feel right. Like you said, organic and authentic. And yeah, and then you can, you can put it out in the world and be proud of it and want to promote it and want to, uh, people to read it. You can't do that if you're not writing the story of your heart, I don't think. That's true. I don't think it would ever feel right when you're writing it, would it? You wouldn't no. have those moments where you feel, you know, the flow and connected, which are, few and far between because it's hard but mm -hmm. even when it happens you just kind of feel everything feels right and it's yeah. there's no other feeling like that oh it's a wonderful wonderful mm. feeling lisa likes sure. lisa likes your mantra there <laughs> all about the mantra <laughs> that's a good one i mean that's good advice that's great advice for anybody whether it's your students whether it's anyone starting out whether it's even somebody who has several books under their belt and they're they're wanting to maybe try something new if that's the story of your heart 
then that's the one you write. That's that's your passion project. And I think we all, when we sit down to those passion projects, there's so much of ourselves in it, whether it's as a character. I mean, those little bits of Louise that are you that show up. Or if it's just simply this was the this was the story my heart wanted to tell and I don't appear in it at all. But it's so much of just my own energy that I've poured into it. I think that's that's often our best work. And mm-hmm. even if it's something that may not be our most successful work, that's always the work that we spent. We feel like we have spent good time writing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's all about just feeling good about it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's about what your heart wanted to say. It's not mm-hmm. about what the monetary return is. And so much of what we write, none of us sat down to write and said, you know what, I'm going to write and sell a whole lot of books, and make a whole lot of money. I mean, if we did that, that's just, <laughs> I mean, that's clearly we're doing it wrong. Really that's what we said. We're still teaching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That money rolling in. Come on. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the, the book that you would always regret not doing, you know, to go back to the themes of my own book. That would be your what if book. So you yeah. might as well write exactly. it, isn't it? You might as well write it. That's right. Put it up I think that's very good advice too. It's the one you would regret not, not actually doing it's always yeah. in the back of your head and I think if that book is going to haunt you like that then let's get it on the page let's get it on the yeah. page and hopefully it will resonate with other people like it resonates with the writer so it's all good time well spent when you put that kind of passion into a project and you putting that kind of passion into a project in a second language doing it so flawlessly <laughs> I mean it is just brilliant I mean it, it was a really it's been a very fun read I'm thoroughly enjoying it i can't wait to see how it ends and Thank you so I, much. I can't wait to hear what you think once we get to the end oh, i know i'm really excited about it i'm really enjoying this book there's there's so much heart in it and there's there's so many cringy moments where you're like oh god i totally would have done that that's like i would have done that I, i'm feeling this book in ways <laughs> i'm ashamed to say i am that awkward person i will say those things laura knows she sends shows with me enough that she's like oh god <laughs> What did you just say? She's had to dig me out of many a hole on this show and other places. She knows. Really? Really? Yeah, no, no. Don't, don't say that. No, to you are perfect, Nola. Perfect. I am not. <laughs> However, this has been a perfectly fun interview with you, Sarah Yost. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you let yeah. the folks know where they can find you, website, socials, the places that they can find you and your fabulous book? So think about and get it too. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Five Last Chances available in all good kind of bookshops online or otherwise. Um, and uh, I am available on social media, so I use mainly Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is um, at uh, Swiss Sarah UK. I'm going to follow you. I love it <laughs> right now. And uh, Instagram is uh, Sarah Yost uh, underscore writes. So, yeah. I'm going to follow you. Connecting. I know I, I've kind of bailed out of Twitter, but <laughs> I, I never used it anyway. I was I was bad at Twitter. Let's just be honest. Yeah. I didn't know how to make Twitter work for me. That's <laughs> That's nice. I, got, yeah, I got lost in the abyss. And so but <laughs> Instagram's, Instagram's my jam. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you just had choice. to create a no second pitch. account. But <laughs> <Pick your one>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, I'll be tracking you down on that because I want to follow your journey. This has been such a good time talking to you. Thank you, oh, thank so, you much. so much. I know the time change and everything for you. This has got to be a, 
a wonky time for you, and I appreciate you being flexible with oh, us. Oh yes, thank you. On the time you. and joining oh, us as thank well. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet okay. you. Thank so you. nice to meet well, you. Thank you so much. Hold tight for just a second. I'm gonna play our outro, and then we will say our final goodbyes to you here in just a second. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on BYOB Live this time on Others on the Air Global Radio Network. This has been a copywritten production. Oh, 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 oh,